that's absolutely true. We celebrate those truths today. Our God is an amazing God. He loves us. Yes, you may go ahead and grab a seat. My name's Mike. I'm one of the pastors on the team here. And it is just, it really is a joy to be with you today. If you'd like, go ahead and grab your notes out of your handout. We are doing a couple of things this morning, but we're going to wrap up a series that we've been going through. It's more than a series. This is a campaign that we are in the middle of called Blessing My City. And what we want to do is we simply want to kind of wrap this up and make sure that we're continuing to move in the direction that God is calling our church to move. Great, great things are happening all around Overlake. And then we also want to celebrate and, and just connect with this incredible gift, the reality called Moms and Mother's Day. So we love you. We're excited uh, about connecting there. And, and you'll see, we want to show what God's heart is and, and how God has poured his heart out into this concept of motherhood. But if you were at all thinking about memorizing one verse of scripture this year, I really, really, really want to encourage you. Let it be this scripture, Jeremiah 29.7. And it's on your notes. It's up on the screen here. And, and this is what it says. It says, work for the good of the city. By the way, this is God's voice. This is God's heart for his people. Work for the good of the city where I've taken you as captives. And pray to the Lord for that city. When it prospers, you will also prosper. And this is the foundation of this whole concept called Blessing My City. It's, it's the, the foundation for this two-year campaign that we are right in the middle of. And the idea is, as the people of God, we want to be found faithful to doing what God's called us to do, working for the good of the city where God has sent us. And there are a few ways that we are trying to break this down and actively and proactively fulfill this verse. And so if you're, if you're you know, writing notes in the blanks, the first one, we've been challenging everyone to think of your neighborhood and your community as your parish. And the challenge is that you would care for your parish and that I would care for my parish. And we are praying that everyone at Overlake views your community as your geography that God wants you to serve as pastor and priest. Your neighbors are not just the people you speed by as you head off to important things, but that really is your community. So we've even challenged over, like, think of the eight houses around you as those are your neighbors. It's also your parish. And you're called to care for them and serve them and pray for them and, and be pastor, minister to their needs. And, and we're, we're challenging you to look at your workplace like that and the community where you live like that. And then we got a chance to hear from the butlers as they shared how they're intentionally building this kind of ministry into the way they approach their neighbors. So they're connecting neighbors, they're serving neighbors, praying for neighbors, just a great, great model of what it looks like to care for my parish. The next fill-in is we are challenged to be a voice for the voiceless. For those who have no voice, for those who are in danger of slipping through the cracks, we want to make sure that we are a voice for the voiceless. A couple of ways we're doing that. 
We started a thing called Eastside Academy. It's a high school for students on the margins, and it meets immediately behind this wall on the east end of our building, Eastside Academy. And we heard Johnny's testimony as he came and he shared how his life was moving in a particular direction. And then he got connected to Eastside Academy, and everything has been now transformed because of the care and, and, and just the whole life um, counsel that he's received from Eastside Academy. It's a great education, but it's so much more for students who, for whatever reason, are kind of getting lost in uh, the, the education that's provided by the Washington State. The next way we're doing that at Overlake is a, a ministry to young adults. This is our 18 to 25-year-old demographic. It's, it is the most transient demographic in our American society. About a year ago, we started a young adult ministry. And we got a chance a few weeks ago to hear from Mariama as she came and she shared her testimony in a spoken word format, kind of rocked our socks off, right? It was really, really cool and special. The next way we're trying to bless our city is through some ministry upgrades. And that's here on our campus. Specifically, we've talked about Kidtown Park and Cafe. And what we'd love to do is we'd love to blow out a wall or two at the front end of our building as folks are coming in and really build a park-like environment, kind of a Narnian-like painting on the walls and, and sun lamps. I need the sun lamps. I'll be down there all the time under the sun lamps. And, uh, and just a great safe place where young kids can play indoors in an indoor and secure play environment. We'll move OCC Espresso down to be near the Kidtown Park. So Moms and dads can come, bring their young kiddos in, and it'll be a time where folks can visit you know, all, all the days of the week. It's not just a Sunday morning thing. And I want you to think right now, you know families that maybe they're not ready to accept an invitation from you to come to church on a Sunday morning, but you know that they would receive an invitation from you to have a play date with their kids. And you could bring them to this Kid Town Park, and you could have a cup of coffee together. Our prayer over this is that conversations would move from shallow to significant. They would start with things like, oh, I think your kid has the wrong sippy cup, to, uh, you know, hey, d tell me how it is that uh, you guys are connected to church, or, or what does your faith journey look like? And, and this opportunity to really build spiritual conversations into our friendships. So that's kind of the heartbeat behind that. And the last fill-in here is outlandish love. We're really challenging our whole church to go after this concept of outlandish love, that we would love outlandishly just like Jesus has loved us. A couple of ways we want to do that, we've built in some bring a friend days here at Overlake, a way to connect our parish in our community with all of the parishes of Overlake here on our campus. And I do want to let you know that we've got our, our bring a friend day coming up in June. Okay, This is a really, really special day. It's going to be one of the most inspirational days you have ever experienced at church. So please be bringing friends. It's with a guy named Nick Wojcich. And he has started this ministry called Life Without Limbs because that is, uh, that's the situation he was dealt in this life. And yet he has chosen to be this dynamic follower of Jesus. So please plan on coming. It's the first weekend in June. Please plan on bringing some friends because it's going to be a day literally that you'll never forget, OK? So that's our first Bring a Friend Day. And then the next way we've been doing outlandish love is through safe families. 
Safe Families is a way that we can prepare our family to care for families in our communities that are in crisis or in need. And we heard from Chelsea and Matt Raymerman and and heard how they had gone through the vetting and the training process. They were ready to open their home to one or two kids who had a need. And instead, five kids showed up. And, and, and how that kind of really threw them for the, a loop at first. But then it was a way that God really blessed their family. And, and very excited to hear from them. By the way, if you have not uh, been tracking with us in these last four weeks, please go online. And, and please see what it is that God's already been doing in our midst here at Overlake Christian Church. We've got a lot of great safe families. We're looking for a few more. The last thing I want to say about that is that all of these initiatives are found in our Blessing My City campaign booklet. And that's available in the hallway. If you have not picked that up, please grab one today. Grab it, read through it, pray over it, and really be asking God, God, how do you want me, how do you want our family to connect with the things that you're calling our church to do in terms of blessing our city? Okay. So that is a quick overview. We've covered a lot of distance in just a really short time. Now I'm going to take a breath, and I'm going to say, it's Mother's Day. We're very, very excited that for those of you who are moms, we celebrate you. For those of you who have moms, we want to celebrate you. I want you to think for just one moment. Here it is. It's Mother's Day. We're all gathered in church. So let me read this beautiful verse from Proverbs 31 over all of you moms. I know so many of the moms at Overlake. And this verse really does describe them and their relationship to to spouse and to kiddos. It says, her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. That is such a great thing to hear. Moms, I know for so many of you, that's true. Your families love you, celebrate you. We certainly love being on the journey with you. But as we jump into this Mother's Day and and how God's heart is poured into good moms, what what I want to do is I just want to acknowledge those of you who, for whatever reason, circumstance... Mother's Day, like, like maybe other holidays too, it actually elicits some pain in your world. So let, let me just recognize you. Maybe you're here and your mom growing up abdicated responsibility as mom. And, and, and so for you, there's pain when this day rolls around. For some of you, you can't have children and you've wanted to have children. And, and so you feel unfulfilled as mom. And so there's pain. For some, maybe you want to be married, you want to start a family, but yet that hasn't happened for whatever reason, and, and so there's pain on this day. For some of you, you've, you've lost a child, or you're dealing with a serious illness of a child, and so this day, Mother's Day, it brings pain for you. And some here have recently lost your mom. And so there's pains. Maybe the first Mother's Day for some of you that you're, you're, you're not able to celebrate with your mom. A friend of mine lost her mom quite suddenly, and it was a really difficult season because Alzheimer's claimed her mom's life. Another one of my friends' mom died at 93 years old, just a full, rich, beautiful life. Um, she was surrounded by all of her family, and they were celebrating their love. They were celebrating their family relationship. And mom just quietly slipped away and now is with Jesus. And even though that was a really beautiful life and it was really kind of a beautiful way to go, there's still grief and loss on Mother's Day. 
And so again, for whatever reason, if you're here and this day is bringing up pain for you, if you're carrying hurt or wound, I just want you to know I'm so sorry. My prayer for you, and I've been praying for you all week long, my prayer for you is that today you would experience God as both father and mother over you, that you would experience the love of God as enough for you today that you'd experience his arms wrapped around you and him holding you and caring for you and comforting you. Because I want you to see that God really does care for you. God really does care for you. And one of the aspects of God's care is he's poured out parts of his heart into this thing called motherhood. And so what we want to do today is we want to unpack just a little bit what is it that God has invested in good moms. And so here it is. If you're filling in the blanks, the first thing you need to see is that God's heart is nurturing and good moms share this quality. God's heart is nurturing and good moms share this. Psalm 131 verse 2 says, But I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. In other words, like a child who is not agitated, who is not at unrest, not striving for anything, but just quiet and content with mom. That picture is how we are with God. He is there to nurture. He's there to care for. And a definition of nurture, by the way, is feed and protect. So to nurture something is literally to help it grow, to help it flourish and thrive. You might want to think of a gardener who, with meticulous care, cares for a fragile flower, tilling the soil, making sure nutrition is in the proper amount of of water and sunlight, but also weeding, right, and and keeping the, the harsh environment or element away from it. That's what God does for us. That's what good moms do. And in fact, good moms have nurtured and helped us in so many ways, in myriad ways. Your mom cared for you when you were two years old, drawing on the walls in the living room. Your mom cared for you in the middle of the night when you were just a small child, projectile vomiting. You called for mom. Not dad. And in that moment, dad was happy to let mom respond to you, right? There was this nurture environment that moms seemed to have. I want to let you know that um, for the last two weeks in, in my household, my wife and my youngest son, Doozy, have been on a mission trip with Overlake in South Africa. We've got great partners down there. My wife's down there connecting with our partners, encouraging, blessing, ministering. And then my son has a chance to go. What's so redemptive about this is my son was born in South Africa, and this is the first time that he's been able to go back. This is five years since he's been almost six. So really, really cool. But in the meantime, I have been daddy in charge of my other two kids. And in some ways, this has been incredibly special and beautiful because of the increased drive time with my kids, because of the increased meal prep time with them, because of the increased time uh, making sure that homework is done and friends are taken care of. And and in some ways, it has been killing me. (laughs) 
because of the increased drive time and the increased meal prep time and the increased homework time. Like, I just, if you're here and you are a single parent, in my mind, you are heroic. You are absolutely legendary to me. I just can't even, oh, it's amazing. How do you get anything done? Right? Like, in my life, Jody and I, we have a fairly egalitarian home, which means that we both do pretty much everything in our home. It's not like there's a skill set that I don't have, that she has all. No, no, we're both kind of involved in everything. It's just that, that I see that it's, there's a partnership there. And, and I feel like I am getting up before my kids in the morning, and I'm staying up later than them at night, and I am running as fast as I can just to stand still. And it's this amazing thing that I see Jody has this extra quality that she's able to invest into our family. So, so here's what I mean. I know how to get meat grilled and vegetables ready and serve a dinner. Jody knows how to bake delicious ingredients of nurture into a meal she prepares for us. She's an incredible cook, and, and meals are like an experience. That's, that's something special, additional. I know how to make sure that homework is done and teeth are brushed and the lights are out at the right time. Jody knows how to do all of that and make sure their hearts are good. Do you see what I mean? It's, this, it's like this extra thing called nurture that moms have. Dads maybe don't have it. I don't have it as much. It, it, it's an invisible superpower. Moms are like the Avengers of nurture. Okay, just you know, they and right, they know how to do this. So, I just want you to see this that, that moms are incredible, and you don't know how many times your mom has prayed over you, or cried over you, or, or, or worried over you. You don't know how many times your mom has caught you before you ran into the coffee table, before you fell off the couch, and she's righted you and set you on your feet again. And we know that God does this for us again and again and again. God is the one who nurtures us. God is the one who feeds us. God is the one who wants us to thrive, right? And so God has this heart of nurture. He's invested it uniquely and beautifully into good moms. The second thing we see is that God's heart is a devoted heart. God's heart is devoted, and so are good moms. Case in point, there are no ugly babies. You know who says that? Moms say that, right? When you were born, your mom thought you were beautiful. She might have been the only one who thought that about you. But that heart of devotion, it's immediate. As soon as you arrive on the scene, mom is devoted to you. And that's God's heart for you. Another case in point, how many hours have moms invested at sporting events? Right? Sitting on a cold, hard bleacher cheering you on. It wasn't because she was so much a sports fan. It's not that she loves soccer so much, or basketball so much, or t-ball. Nobody loves t-ball. <laughs> right? She showed up because she loves you. 
because she's devoted to you. That's what good moms do. And, and this is God's heart. It's a reminder, right, that God's heart will never leave you, never forsake you. God will never abandon you. The scripture says this in Deuteronomy 31, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. That's devotion. And I know in my life, there are uh, uh, several years during my college experience where I was maybe going a certain direction and my mom, she prayed over me every morning and every night. She prayed that I'd stop running from God and that I would finally trust in the love of Jesus Christ and begin that relationship. And, and you know, it's amazing, that devotion that she had to me, that God heard her prayer, right? That, that, that my life was changed and, and God honored my mom's prayers. Why? It's because she has a heart of devotion and so does God. The next fill-in is that God is fearless. God is fearless and so are good moms. Now, that doesn't mean that good moms don't experience fear, the feeling of fear from time to time. It just means that they are able to shelve their fear and charge hard after well-being for their family, right? Moms are ready to face down anything that threatens the fullness of life for their family. I want you to think of mama bear, right? There's a, there's a reason why the phrase is mama bear and not papa bear, okay? Mama bear ready to charge after anything that comes to harm her cubs. This is almost like a, a fierce holiness kind of a thing. And, and, and moms, they're ready to do this. There's a fearlessness to it. And again, this is God's heart as well. John 16, 21 says, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world, right? There's this fearlessness, ready to go through anguish, ready to endure pain, ready to face down challenges and giants in the world. Why? Because there's this joy in relationship with her kiddos. I heard a story this week shared originally by Max Lucado. It was a story of, of daughters telling this about their mom. And so these three daughters, all in college now, and, and maybe even beyond, but they, they tell the story when they were seven years old, five years old, and three years old of this experience. They were going on a vacation with their family. Their parents drove them to this beautiful cliffside cabin, just a gorgeous setting for a family vacation. The parents got out of the car to sign the rental agreement for this week they were going to share together. And the three girls were wrestling around inside the SUV. Somebody pulled the emergency brake. Somebody else knocked the car into neutral. Suddenly, the SUV is rolling down the hill toward the cliff. Mom sees it and immediately begins to run. She runs behind. She gains on the SUV. She runs behind it. She throws her body in front of the SUV, and it rolls up on her, stopping the car, saving the girls. But the weight of the car broke her back, and she became paralyzed from the waist down. The girls went on to say that even though her, her back was broken, her spirit was not. 
And they went on to say that the whole rest of her motherhood, she was at every volleyball game. She was at every piano recital. She was there helping them navigate boyfriends and final exams and college entrance essays. And they concluded by saying, she didn't just save our lives one time, that she's been saving our lives every day since. Fearless. And there's something about that story, right, that just raises up in you. And you're thinking to yourself, like I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if I'm that fearless, but I want to be because I love my family and I love my kids. I like to think that I would be the kind of guy to throw myself in front. I like to think that, that, that I'd be the kind of mom to throw myself in front, that I would sacrifice myself on behalf of those that I love. Do you understand that's God's heart for you? Do you see that's exactly what he's done? That Jesus, he's the one who saw us, and, and we were the ones going to the cliff, and Jesus is the one who stepped in front. Jesus is the one who has saved us. This fearlessness, right? It's God's heart for you. It's also what good moms have. And I do say fearless, not flawless, because I do know so many good moms, they really wrestle with not being perfect moms, with not being enough for their families, with, with not doing enough, accomplishing enough, looking good enough, uh, uh, achieving enough, that there's all of this guilt so often that it that hits moms. And I just want you to hear me say, if that's you, look, your value is not based on your perfection. It's based on God's perfection. No, no, he, he loves you right now. He celebrates you right now. You are enough. So just allow him to speak his love and his pleasure into you today. Receive his comfort, because that's the next fill-in, that God is a God who comforts. His heart is comforting, and so do good moms. They comfort. In fact, God's heart, this image is so strong that he uses feminine or motherly imagery to convey it in the scriptures. This is Isaiah 66, 13. It says, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you and you will be comforted. Psalm 91, 4 says, he will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings, you will find refuge. That is imagery of a mother hen gathering her chicks underneath her arms and protecting them. And when you're in pain, you know, good moms, they join you in it. They surround you. They care for you. In fact, your pain becomes their pain. That's a characteristic of God. I'll share another story from my own life. My youngest son, Doozy, he's 10 years old. And like many 10-year-olds, he loves his iPod. He loves music and downloading music onto his iPod. He loves video games on his iPod and downloading video games. In fact, he loves it so much that we've had to establish rules about what he can purchase, what kind of songs he can purchase, how many he can purchase, how many video games he can purchase. And it's really, really simple. He just has to get permission from us, right? That's simple. And he's good with it. We're good with it. Everything's fine. Except for a couple weeks ago was spring break. 
And so we let the kids do a, a kid adventure. They, they got on a plane, unaccompanied minors. They all flew down to, to California, where grandma and grandpa are. They had a great week in Southern California. They went to Disneyland. They went to Universal Studios. They saw a few of you while they were down there. And in the evenings, Doozy played video games. Grandma and grandpa didn't know the rules. And, and he didn't download any songs, and he didn't buy any video games, but he was playing this one video game where he needed to collect coins in order to upgrade his armor. And there was a little button that popped up on his video game that said, to purchase additional coins, click here. And Doozy hit it. A lot. <laughs> he purchased millions of coins. I am sure that no kid in the history of video game land has ever had better armor than Doozy had in this experience. I heard about it from my other two kids, so I went online and checked. How much did he spend? $525. That's what I said. That's exactly. And it's a 10-year-old. He doesn't understand the value of money. So I'm trying to communicate. Doozy, I could have bought you five bicycles for that. My first car didn't cost $500. <laughs> and of course, you know, he's a gentle heart. He's sad. He's remorseful. And my first thought as dad is, yeah, what does $500 worth of remorse look like? Because that's what I'd really like to see right now. I didn't do anything. I didn't say that, but that was my first thought. But, but Jody, right? J Jody, she and I are on the same page. We both realize that behavior is not going to continue. But, but Jody, she crawls into bed with him as he is sad and remorseful. And she strokes his back. And she communicates to him, you know, Doozy, we are going to love you forever. That mommy and daddy, our love for you, it's never going to change. It's never going to end. You, you are so secure in our family and in our love. Now, the behavior, right, like the, the spending that money, we, we can't keep doing that. So we're going to have to figure something else out with the iPod. But I just want you to know, sweetheart, and she uses that calm voice, that, that gentle voice that moms can have, that we love you. And that's never going to change. And so I want you to see God's heart in that, right? That for so, so, some of it, maybe our choices are sending us this way, or our selfishness is sending us this way, or yeah, our thoughts are, are pulling us away from God. And yes, God, God loves us enough to not allow us to continue self-destruction or destruction of others. So he'll come to us, and he'll address behavior. Hey, the behavior's got to change. But my love for you is secure. That, that's never going to change. And by the way, we have totally sorted the situation out, so you don't need to mention this to Doozy at all if you see him in the hallways. Hey, I heard you like video games, huh? No, no, we, we got it all handled. Uh, he's got a good mom, so we're good. But I, I want you to see that, that these are the heart of God, right? That, that God's heart is the heart of comfort. And God's heart is the heart that's fearless for you. God's heart is, is the heart of nurture. 
God is the one who has invested all of these aspects of his heart into, into moms. And, and what I want to do is I want to show you even one more way that Overlake is pursuing outlandish love, a way we're trying to bless our city by blessing moms who are dealing with all of these scenarios. And, and the moms who are trying to bless are the ones who are, that life has just hit them the hardest. And so what I'm talking about is a ministry called Special Delivery. Special Delivery is this incredible ministry that it serves homeless pregnant women. And we've been caring for women, but we want to increase the amount of, of gals we can care for. We want to increase the care that we can actually offer in an ongoing way. And I was interacting with Zandi, our director over there at Special Delivery, and, and she told me this. She said, in conversations I have with Overlake, People are often surprised with our demographic. There seems to be this perception that our women are churched Christian girls who accidentally get pregnant, and their parents help them get into a program that will provide additional support for them. The truth is, the amount and intensity of trauma these women have experienced is often incomprehensible. Just when we think we've heard everything, a new woman moves in, and we learn her story and are heartbroken again. Of the women we've served in the past two years, 24 have experienced domestic violence, 29 struggle with chemical dependency, nine are in the foster care system, seven have mental illness that impairs daily life, and 20 have experienced severe trauma. See, these are the kinds of women that are so in need of additional care. And what a beautiful way for the church who calls itself the name of Jesus, right? Followers of him, that we're able to care for those who are in need. So we've heard a story every week during this series. I, I would love to have you watch this video and hear Jade's story today. Uh, my name is Jade Walsh. Before a special delivery, I was um, a street kid. I ran away from home at 15. Was kind of lost in the world and um, didn't really know where I was going. Uh, I was in a relationship for five years and found out I was pregnant with my daughter and um, that was a very abusive. Um, it was unhealthy and um, I got to the point where I was homeless. I was living out of my car with my daughter at the time who was 10 months old. I really didn't know where to go or what to do and I have a really hard time asking for help. I was at one of the special delivery support groups and I actually came up to Zandi and um, asked her if, if I could come stay because I was one day away from handing my daughter over to um, foster care. And um, yeah, so I was like halfway through my degree at that point and I was really determined on staying focused and making a life for myself and my daughter. and. So we came to be at special delivery to try and get back on our feet. <laughs> I wanted to make changes in my life because I wanted to distance myself from my childhood and from what I grew up in, poverty, and wearing bread bags on my feet to school just to keep my feet dry and not having an education or not being successful and living on state assistance and food stamps. I didn't want that for me and I didn't want that for my daughter. I knew she deserved better. Oh, 
Lily Brooke is, she's going to be three on May 27th. She is, she's glorious <laughs> and beautiful and kind and caring. And she has a smile that'll just light up a room. She's super happy now and I know that it's because I've been able to give her the stability that she needs to flourish. After being here at Special Delivery, I have my own townhouse that I've had for a year and five months now all by myself. And um, I have graduated with two associate's degrees and six certifications. And um, I'm getting ready to start my bachelor's in nursing in August. I went from being in a very, very dark place and not having God in my life at all. When I came to special delivery, everybody was so wonderful and it wasn't pushed upon me or, or force fed down me. It was just more like showing me that God is, is a relationship and a, and a platonic love and, and uh, you know, he will never abandon me or or leave me and um, you know here at Special Delivery I found a sisterhood and God was able to shine the light kind of on me and show me that I'm so worth it and, and today I'm finally at the point where I can really believe it without Special Delivery <laughs> I honestly feel like I would still be wandering and lost and not really knowing where I was headed or what I was supposed to be doing emotionally and spiritually and I just felt lost and confused and like I was running around in circles and so being a special delivery it just it helped me focus and kind of realize my full potential. These women are survivors, and they are, they're dealing with a, a difficult hand that they've been dealt, and I want you to know it is so humbling. It's such an honor to be able to come alongside and to provide support and care and, and focus, as, as Jade mentioned. So, Overlake, what I want you to see more than anything else is that you are an incredible church, and, and you are giving, and you are sacrificing, and you are serving, and you're praying. Already, so many great things are happening through your faithfulness and through your diligence. And I want to really make this clear, friends, that, that we don't do these things. We don't give. We don't sacrifice. We don't serve in order to somehow earn God's love. It, it, not at all. It's, it's not like we think we can act in such a way or, or achieve enough good things so that somehow we're now worthy of receiving God's love. It's almost the exact opposite of that. See, we confess to you that we've received God's love already, that without any merit of our own, without anything good in us, that, that we're the ones who are, are simply recognizing God's already poured his love out over us. And because he's poured his love out over us, because we have received his lavish love and blessing, we want to give him glory by sharing his love with other people. We, we want to give him glory in terms of receiving the blessing that he's given us by blessing the cities that he's placed us in. And so that's what it is that, that we're going after. It's, it's not out of a sense of earning anything from God. It's that we've already received so much from him. And now we just want other people to benefit.
And so what I want you to see is I want you to see this verse from Psalm 116. It says this, let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. That's our starting place in all this. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. And so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. Look at this. What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. You might want to underline that last phrase. I will keep my promise to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In other words, it's a good thing to, to make commitments and promises to God, and then it's a good thing to keep them, right, as we are together in this faith journey. And so what I'd love to have you do is I'd love to have you grab this envelope out of your handout right now. And Overlake, you've heard me talk about this before, but all of the things that we're trying to accomplish in blessing my city, there's a price tag associated with all of them. That none of it just happens, that, that it happens because people who are called by the name of Jesus, who are following in the way of Jesus, decide that they're going to give, they're going to serve, and they're going to support the things that we believe Jesus is calling us to. And, and, and that's what this represents. Over like, this is a two-year campaign. We are right in the middle of it. We are just over one year in. And so I want to be really, really specific. I'm going to talk dollars and cents to you. About a year ago, Overlake, we all committed, myself included, we committed to giving, and the amount that we wanted to give to was $1.2 million toward these initiatives. So we committed, we, we made that promise to God, God, we're going to give $1.2 million. We are about one year in a two-year campaign, and so far, we've given about half of that amount. So we're about halfway through, and we're about halfway home, which is really cool. That's, that's encouraging. So I, I want to just say that because there's a few folks that I want to talk to right now. The first group I want to talk to are those who, like Jody and myself, we made a commitment a year ago, and we are being faithful as we give to that commitment. Every couple of weeks, we make a gift, and, and we give to the blessing of my city, and that's just a part. And so I want to encourage you, if you're a part of that group, let's stay strong. Let's continue to give strong. In fact, if there is a way, and, and God has blessed you even more than you expected, maybe you increase the amount that you're giving to bless in my city, because the stuff we're going after is such good stuff. Okay, So that's the first group I want to talk to. The second group I want to talk to are, are the families that have joined us at Overlake in the last 12 months since we launched Blessing My City. And we know that there are, there are a couple hundred families who have joined us in the last year. So maybe this is the first time you're hearing about this. Maybe this is kind of all news to you. I would really encourage you, you know, if you haven't started to give, this is a great way to begin because... Uh, all, all the stuff we're going after is really, really great stuff designed to bless our city. The last group that I would talk to is the group that um, maybe you're here and you are a follower of Jesus. You've been tracking with him for a while. Overlake is your church home, but you have not started giving as a part of your worship to God. Maybe you've not stepped across that line and, and, and really allowed Jesus to call you to generosity in how you approach him. I would say this is a great way to begin. Make a 12-month commitment. It's only 12 more months for this blessing my city. And just see, right, just see how do you feel after you've been given to something that is worthy as blessing my city, 
Okay, so that's the challenge. If, if you're here and you're just checking over Lake Al for the first time, you just walked in the door and you're like, bless him, my what? I don't even know. I laughed at the mom joke, but I, I can't believe you have a son named Doozy. Wait, were well, you on my money? Like, if that's you, you know, I just want you to know we don't want anything from you today. If this is your first time, we want you to receive from us today. So uh, again, it's always a weird thing to talk about money in a church. If we weren't going after such good stuff, I wouldn't bring it up, right? This is one of those things where I really believe God's calling us to do some great things and uh, to bless our cities. Let's close with this last verse on your outline. It says this, make vows to the Lord your God and fulfill them. My challenge over Lake is that we would make our vows to God. We would say, God, thank you for calling us to this great initiative, this great campaign called Blessing My City. We'll make our promises to God, and then we're going to come through on those. So why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes, and let's pray. Jesus, we want to thank you, first and foremost, for being who you are, for being the one who is nurturing, the one who is fearless, the one who is devoted, the one who is comforting. Thank you that your love for us is steadfast, and it's proven in your sacrifice on the cross. We just, we just will never be able to get over it, Lord, so we just want to start by saying thank you. And Jesus, we do recognize that there's a lot of great stuff that this church is going after. We want to be a part of it. So please, Lord, just speak directly to our hearts and show us how it is that you would have us serve, how it is that you'd have us give, how it is that you would have us connect to the things that you were calling this church to go after. Show us, Lord, every one of us, how we can personally bless the cities that you have placed us within. And Jesus, we do want to say thank you for our moms, we want to thank you for the relationship we have with our families. We ask that you would today bless and that you would encourage and that you would uh, provide really just an ease and a joy in our family relationships, not only today, but the days and weeks to come. We love you, Lord. We pray all this in your name. Amen.